Hello and welcome out there to the next part in our limited podcast series on planning for a successful customer service strategy in 2020. Today, we're going to talk about how to provide effective remote support. I'm your host, Michael Kramer, and I'm the head of marketing at Agrisync. For those of you who might be unfamiliar with Agrisync, we provide a software platform that helps simplify communication for modern agriculture through voice, text, and video. To learn more about Agrisync, visit us at agrisync.com. That's A-G-R-I-S-Y-N-C.com. Or to see a short three-minute demo, visit agrisync.com slash demo. For this episode, we're going to be broadcasting on-site at the Power Farming Equipment Show in Lincoln, Nebraska. And there we're going to talk about how HTS Ag has figured out how to effectively support their customers remotely. Let's go. I am here with our friends at HTS Ag. Um, I'll go around to let them introduce themselves to start off with here. But uh, So let's go around the horn, introduce yourself, and tell your name. I'm Zach Meester. I'm a Precision Ag Advisor in Central Iowa. Adam Gittins. I'm the General Manager for HTS Ag. Uh, Cody Vanderholm. I'm a Precision Ag Advisor in Southern Iowa. Excellent. Gentlemen, thank you for uh, taking some time out of your day. Uh, thank you for uh, giving us some booth space here to do. This is kind of a unique setting, but kind of fun for us. Let's start off by talking about what HTS Ag is, and uh, we'll take it from there. So, Adam, why don't you d- dive in and tell us? You bet, Michael. So, we provide high-tech solutions for agriculture, in a nutshell. We got our start as a small division of an IT company back in 1995, so we are rapidly approaching that 25-year mark in the industry in some fashion or another. We've done everything from aerial imagery to multiple types of equipment over the years. Ag Leader, we've been a part of their camp for a a large number of years here. We're a Blue Delta dealer for Ag Leader now, and they are our primary vendor, I guess you could say, that we work with. We also work with uh, OP Grain monitoring systems and with uh, a slew of different types of drones and aerial imagery in today's platform. So being a, a part of an IT company, we have a little different background than a lot of companies would coming from maybe a you know a part of a machinery company. We see things from a perspective of how that industry has moved. And IT, if you think back into the 90s, it went from selling hardware to selling hardware and services to selling managed services and then to cloud. And, and right. so the transition goes. And so we've really modeled our company after that. Uh, we started a precision egg service plan you know, more than a decade ago now. We've had one back, I think it was 06 or 07, we started our first service plan. And that has grown into be a, a significant chunk of revenue for us at this point. Well, I think this is significant, how Adam described where HGS Egg came from and where you are. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about where you're going because that's part of what we're doing. You know, uh, today we're really going to focus on remote support, right? And I think that talking about IT, uh, that is almost the definition of remote support in the sense of you think about uh, your, your local IT person, you know, you drop something off and it goes someplace or you call, you're, you're having problems with your printer at home or you're having problems with your operating system, you can call in for help. And that's what remote support is about. And I think one of the things that we, we see in the ag industry is that, hey, it's resources are hard to come by. Um, the market is growing, demand, the equipment uh, the software, everything is becoming more complex as we're trying to do more with the same, right? So um, we have to provide a higher level of service. It is impossible by the nature of ag for you guys to get anywhere and everywhere you need to be in the day. You just either there's not enough hours in the day or the cops are going to pull you over because you can't drive that fast, right? So one of those things, but let's talk about remote support a little bit. Cody, I'm going to start with you. I mean, 
you're in Southern Iowa, um, being an Iowa boy myself, I know the remoteness of uh, some of those places and some of the, the customers you serve. Talk about what remote support is and how you incorporate it, I mean, like in your daily doings. So remote support's been beneficial just because of the fact that you, you don't physically have to be there on site all the time. Um, you can you could be eating lunch, you could be at home type of thing, and you can provide that support without physically having to be on site. And so remote support for me has been helpful. Um, I know like when we were chatting earlier, you know, the, the first time that I really used remote support, I was four hours away from a customer and was able to get a problem fixed. Um, I didn't have to drive there, number one. The customer didn't have to wait for me to get there, number two. And he was able to get up and going pretty fast compared to what, you know, a typical on-site plan, you know. And, and, and so having just a kind of a, a flat, you know, fee type of thing for remote support versus how long is it going to take to drive time, you know, how long are you going to be on-site and stuff like that. Like being able to fix those remotely has been huge for me because it, it saves time, you know, sure. and it makes it a lot easier for my daily activities to be able to have the access to it. So it's been, it's been really good. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, remote support is essentially the basis of what you guys do. There's just no way you can service everyone and everything that you, you uh, where you have. So, um, that talk a little bit about um, what it means to provide effective remote support from your from your standpoint. Though I mean, like it's not just answering the call, but but how are you sure that what you're the the service you're providing is indeed effective? Just being able to use the app you're talking about here is AgriSync. Yeah, sure. Be able to see what the customer is facing live and yep. see the issues there. Maybe it's something walking through on the monitor. Yeah. Maybe it's a wiring issue. Just being able to use that tool and without the have to be in there has been huge to me. Yeah. Coming from a different aspect of life, it's been kind of a eye-opener for me. Yeah. Adam, why don't you, uh, it's not even providing remote support. It's the idea of receiving it, right? We're, we're talking agriculture. It is a relationship-based um, model. It really is. I mean, right. I don't care what you're selling your server. You're selling product. You're selling service. Um, how hard is it to build a solid foundation with your clients if you can't get out to see them maybe as much as they want you to? Right. And the, the real challenge to me, Michael, there is the industry we're in, any hardware that we carry, any vendor that we would represent, that product is only as good as the support that we can provide behind it. Yeah. And that's really the cornerstone of what we do. So we, we think through that lens as we're trying to provide support to our customers. And the value of the remote support then is it doesn't matter if we are at the Nebraska Power Farming Show and somebody needs help. That call comes in and we can get it. We can get to it. And they, there is no gap there. The customer doesn't necessarily know that we're standing at a trade show when we're able to get that call in, yeah. in an effective manner. And it's, it's just automatically trans, transmitted out to us. We can be at home. We can be at the office. We can be on the weekends sitting in our own machinery trying to run things. And oftentimes that's the easiest place for me to support the customer is when I'm in my own combine or my own planner. I've got the monitor right there and I can actually push the buttons on it with them and walk them right through it. Right. That's an interesting element that you said. You know, it's not just about where they are, but it's about where you guys are as well. But but how does that work though? I mean, like, is it, are you able always to do what you want over the phone? Cody, I'll start with you. I mean, like, uh, is, is it just a phone thing? I mean, is, is people are communicating differently now. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because that's been huge. Like the phone portion of it is 
guys have different languages of what a home button is on a, on a display, for example. You know, our home button is pretty simple. It's got a house, you know, but some guys call it something else. And so that it's not really a barrier, but it's, it's a difference in language almost what they're calling it from what you're calling it. And so the challenge of, you know, phone site of not, or just a phone call only can be of you're not, you're not seeing the same thing or you're not pushing the right button. And so being able to get the video aspect of it too, like Zach was talking, be able to walk around, see the monitor and see that with them has been, has been big because it's, it's pretty simple. You know, we go from a phone call right into uh, a video chat and we're able to help the customer. And that's, that's been huge for me just because there, there are some, you know, you're talking generational gaps, you're talking different people. Um, I mean, the, the nice part with us is we're talking to guys, you know, I talk to Zach's guys, Zach talks to my guys, Adam, you know, like we all talk to everyone and we don't always know exactly what they're working with. And so sometimes that's a challenge of just a phone call, you know, and so try to ask the best questions of what they're working with. And sometimes you still don't get what you need out of it in just a quick video chat and you're able to do that. So that's been, that's been beneficial for us. It's, but, but, but things like video are being more incorporated into, I mean, are, are people accepting that? I know you're, right. you're pushing it, but service provider manufacturers push things all the time that aren't always readily accepted. But I, how is that being accepted? I, for example, I've got, I've got one customer I work with, um, and he, he wants to message me and says, Hey, do you have time for a call? You know, because I told him I will not, it's in Snapchat, but it said, I will not respond to Snapchat because that's not, you know, how it works. But He'll, he'll message me like, because do you have time for a call? And, uh, and so we actually go into a, a, an aggressing for that way, basically. Yeah. But, um, so he, he's gotten really reliant on that because he knows that we've got the support and he's got access to be able to get into a video chat and see what's going on. So it's, it's been big for us to be able to get into that video, not only just a call. And that's how yeah. I, you know, back to when I first said, that's how I was able to not have to drive four hours. Yeah. We did a video chat and found out what was going on that way so yes i'm glad you pointed that out cody it the real challenge we've had is being able to meet our customers where they're at yeah and how they want to communicate Mm -hmm. some guys like text messages some guys want to pick up the phone and call a number some guys are really happy to be able to open up an app and start a ticket and be able to follow along and track it and then that works you know for a multitude of different things if we need to send them install instructions or, or a pdf or whatever kind of file we can do that through that uh, app and through that ticket where we've just got all of these different methods that come into one place and we can track so many different things and, and help each customer in the way that they best want the help. Well, I, I'm not going to lie. I never thought on a podcast or anywhere, I'm in marketing. I never thought someone would be talking about Snapchat in the world of ag. Maybe I'm just, I'm, I don't think I'm old enough to be old fashioned yet, but I did not think I would be here <laughs> talking about Snapchat. I mean, that's, you have to expand on this a little bit. You don't have to get the customer away, but I mean, like, are people utilizing that for communication back and there's, forth? With there's, you guys? there's a lot of guys that want to send us a, a Snapchat to ask for support. Okay, well, but why are they choosing? Hold on, just for the listeners who may or may not know, but probably don't, what Snapchat is. It's a social media app where uh, primarily you can. You can shoot someone communication. There's all sorts of fun stuff you can do with it, but it's not like a text message. It, it Once you view it, it, it goes away after a little bit of time, right? So, okay. Which which is part of our problem. You know, we've had, yeah. you know, because if you, if you send a video to us and we, you know, it's a 10 second long video and we can't see exactly what's going on, it's gone. Yeah. You know, like with, with Adam saying, you know, if we can utilize that, they send the video, it's 10 seconds long. We can replay that multiple times and see what's going on. Fair. So that's, yeah. that's I mean, it's, 
it's a challenge to be able to use that and that's you know we don't like to use it because of that we'd rather use the other one that's all in one because sure. it's, it's all there yeah um, but it's we, we do tend to get some snapchats from people and it's it's not even our brand of stuff sometimes like hey how do i do this it's, yeah i don't know it's, it's not our stuff yeah. you know it's, but that's that's uh zach are you seeing some of this as well i mean oh uh, yeah we have customers that that I have on Snapchat, they try to reach out to me, and for it could be simple as their monitor's not turning on. Or, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's why I refer them over to go to to their proper channels. And yeah, so let me ask you guys this, and this is completely out, outside of the remote support conversation that we're having here. But um, I'm always very interested in knowing, like, okay, LinkedIn is a professional uh, networking, you know, a social media type thing. Facebook, I don't know. There's there's a tin, but like things like Snapchat tend to be, in my opinion, always very personal. This is um, friends, not even family, really. <laughs> it's, just, it's just friends, right? And some of those. But I got to ask, just in a general, are, are you guys seeing a blend in these types of things? The fact that they that they found you on Snapchat or otherwise is um, amazing to me. Not wrong. I just. I personally have never utilized that. I'm interested in knowing a little bit more. Do you? How are they finding you? Or is this part of your guys' strategy? Or so it's, I would call it a strategy. I would call it an outcome ah, sure. of the relationship that we like to build with our customers. Yeah, uh, our customers are not just a we show up and do a service and then we take off again. We really do truly have a relationship and, and build oftentimes good friendships with a lot of the people yeah. that we work with. And so through that, you end up becoming friends with them on Snapchat or Facebook or Instagram or whatever platform it is. And because of that, it's really hard to draw that separating line between this is work and this is friendship. And so those lines get blurred. And that's where we end up getting the Snapchats for support requests. (laughs) And we have had to we've had to come up with these types of policies of, listen, we simply cannot function properly if you're not sending this through in a method that we can utilize the data and do something productive with it. Yep. We don't have any tracking. We, I, if Cody sees the video and he's like, hey, I need to, I need to yep. talk to Zach and get some help on that, he can't replay the video and get it to Zach. Or, you know, some of those things are, are really limiting. Whereas when we use uh, AgriSync, yep. which you know, we, I mentioned earlier, we use AgriSync like a verb. Have you tried <laughs> AgriSyncing into that yet? Uh, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. That tool gives us the ticketing. Yep. It gives the ability for multiple people to view it. It gives the ability to know who is handling the problem. And so all of those things are solved in the background for us by utilizing that tool. And just as a note for the listening audience, I normally jump in and do a small commercial for AgriSync at this point in time, but I don't need to. This is good. <laughs> Keep this up, fellas. This is great. But uh, I think it's, it's tying back. I'm glad we're going down this path because it's tying back to what you said earlier, Adam. Like you're meeting your customers where they're at. Yep. And if this customer is at... Uh, on, on Snapchat and this one wants to use email and this one wants to use a smoke signal and this one wants to use a telephone call. That's what you guys have to respond to. But that's not always easy. And, and uh, sure, AgriSync is, is, is our product is a part of that. But I mean, there's an intentional strategy behind this, right? Adam, as a general manager, I'm going to defer to you and then I'll, I'll, I'll go to your team members here. But like, talk about the strategy of setting up this. Is, is, is it ingrained in the culture? Is it, in, is, it, is, it a, is it a document that you have that says... All right, boys and girls, this is how we're going to do it. When so-and-so snaps us, we're going to make sure we do it this way. How are you creating this ability to provide the support back? It's obviously very intentional. It's not by accident. Absolutely. And it it really stems back to the initial (laughs) thought of we have, for many years, prior to even using AgriSync, we went with the concept of we want to protect the time of the employees. I realized very early on that it's the ag industry. It's very seasonal and we can burn out really quick. Sure. 
So without a remote support option, without if, if all of our cell phone numbers are just published and out there and they're dialing down through the list of cell phone numbers, these guys get burned out quick and we've had turnover because of it. We've lost good people yeah. in this industry, sure. not just in, in our company, but in the industry in general. Yep. People get really tired of their phone ringing. Uh, I had a personal story that went back to my phone rang up until about midnight one night and I finally got done with the, the calls that night. It started ringing again at four o'clock in the morning and you simply cannot keep that kind of schedule yeah. long term and maintain any level of sanity or any kind of a personal life. Right. So with those things in mind, we're driving towards centralized dispatch. That's something we've pushed for for a long time. From much pushback from a lot of our customers, we've actually went to the effort of blocking our cell phone numbers. So when we make outbound calls, they don't have the, the cell phone number of the tech that's calling them back. I've okay. gotten a lot of pushback from that, right. but I really want to protect the employee's time. Yeah. And we have a channel, we have a method our customers are aware of how to properly reach out to us for support. And it can be done through a text message. It can be done through a phone call. It can be done through the app with a ticket. It can be done via email. Yeah. And all of those methods work, but let's do it through this channel because then we have ticketing and we have control over what the outcome is. So it's, it's a, it's an ever evolving process and uh, we're still learning. I don't, I wouldn't say we've got it all figured out. Yet. Oh, sure. And, yeah. and to add on that too, the, the, you know, if, if, if we had our cell phones out there, I may be busy and I'm can't help the guy, yeah. but if they went through the proper channel, Zach can help or Adam can help. Like, and so it's, yeah. it's that centralized hub is allowing us to better service the customer in general. You know, I, I think of that in my uh, previous experiences in another world where when, when I'm with you, I want to be with you, right? And so if Zach is calling me, it's not that I don't want to talk to Zach. I just, I just want to be give you my attention. Likewise, if you were with that customer who was calling, they would want right. your full and undivided attention. As a shameless plug and a friendly reminder, this is a limited podcast series focused on helping you plan for a successful customer service strategy in 2020, presented in part by AgriSync and Precision Farming Dealer. This is your host from AgriSync, Michael Kramer. To download our e-guide on the components of providing effective remote support and listen to other podcasts, you can visit agrisync.com slash customer service. Zach, I'm just going to turn to you. I mean, putting you on the spot, I don't necessarily think of it examples per se, but I mean, there has to be time where you get that pushback where it's, uh, where you you know, but Zach, I want to call you. I want to talk to you. I don't, I don't know this Cody fellow. He's in, he seems like a nice guy, but he's on the other side of the state. I want to talk. How do you message that uh, or deliver that message from the beginning uh, in the middle um, of your relationship with that customer? How do you tell them like, hey, I'll, I'll be there, but right now you got to talk to someone else. How are you doing? That? Just kind of emphasize the fact that we're protecting our time yep. away, from, away from work. We have to have personal life too. Yep. Everybody has to. I mean... It's just... Uh, it's hard for customers to understand that sometimes. You, gotta, <laughs> but, yeah. you almost got to yeah. establish that right from the get-go. Kind of yeah. enhance our service plan. Yep. I mean, it's not something everybody has to do, but yep. if you call into our office, that's where we're going to take care of you or through the agri sink. Sure. Right. It's it's just a boundary we got to cross right away. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned, Adam, uh, the, the, the block numbers um, when, when you guys are trying to call. This is something I know that our customers have heard about. And um, yes, as a plug, AgriSync is work. It has a solution for that. We can describe it later. But nonetheless, uh, uh, but nonetheless, there, that is something that we see people in the industry doing, even outside of the industry, to, to not stop the callback, but protect the callback, right? To, Correct. To, to, how do you, is that the only way you can get them to, 
your customer base to take that on that behavior because we're not I don't want to say we're training our customers but we're trying to lead them down a path that's actually better for them right and you right Adam talk a little bit about some of the things that maybe you've done to kind of herd those cats that direction sure so that idea I, I don't want to take credit for it that came out of a the law enforcement industry primarily yeah so a lot of the police officers had their phone numbers blocked early on long before we did even and for good reason yeah. They don't need their phone numbers out there. If you have an emergency, you don't want the individual police officer to take <laughs> yes. the call. Right. Because it may not be their shift. Same thing applies to us. Yeah. I want that call to be handled in the most efficient way possible. And I don't want you to land in a voicemail box because Zach might be out working on another planner and he might not hear his phone ring. Or Cody might be out. And you know what? He's had a really hard day and his battery died yeah. and his charger cord isn't working. Right. And guess what? It's going to be an hour before he gets home to get a new charger cord. Yep. So I don't want customers to have that downfall of experience. It's easy to just hit redial on yep. the number that comes back. And that's what customers, I think, do. Yep. I don't think they're intentionally trying to be difficult. I think they just they hit redial instead of dialing a different number. And so this just puts a little bit of a hurdle in front of that. So they actually do have to go dial another number. And then we get them to call through and, and get to the team instead of to an individual that may or may not be able to actually help them. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. This is very interesting to me. I think a lot of things we've we, we've covered a lot. I want to jump back to the remote support. Um, let's talk about it from a business standpoint. Um, we've talked about it protecting the employees. Adam, being up at the helm, I will jump over to Cody here real quick. I mean, do you find the benefit of being able to, to shut down and knowing that you can pass off uh, and that your team member is going to provide that support for you, even though it's it's not you? I mean, what does that take? I know I know Zach's newer to the team per se. I mean, where, where does that trust start and how do you verify it over time? A- absolutely. Because, I mean, our team is, is phenomenal. We've got high quality technicians. We've got years of experience type of thing. And being able to trust that when I hand it off, you know, because, you know, there's like Adam said, personal life. You got to have a personal life. Um, good friend of mine used to do this and got mm-hmm. burnt out and he just, he went and quit type of thing because he, he couldn't handle it anymore. And so seeing that firsthand, not just, you know, hearing about it. I mean, I've seen it firsthand and, uh, so it's great to be able to pass that off, you know, and we work so closely together. I mean, Zach and I are what, three hours away, four hours away type of thing. We still chat all the time, you know, and have a good relationship with everybody in the office. And so. Yeah being able to trust and work with them. You mean, they talk to my customers, I talk to theirs. It's not a big deal because you get to, you get to work and help the guys. And that's, it's huge for us. I mean, it's, we're, we're a big family basically. When we talk about that relationship with customers, um, it has to grow over time and stability, a, re- a good relationship has stability, right? And personal, professional, what have you. And, you know, we, we've mentioned a few things today and I, I will tie it back to the uh, a prior podcast that we had done talking about um, with with our friends at Ag One Source who were talking about recruiting people. I mean, right. th- there is a there is a tendency um, across the country in the Midwest for people to go towards the city. Here in Iowa, Des Moines is growing like crazy, right? Rural Iowa is shrinking. It's because but the state of population of Iowa is holding the same. It's because they're going towards the cities. To your point, when someone leaves right? That disrupts that relationship between you and the, uh, them and the company, you and them. But how do you fill that back in? It's getting harder and harder to recruit to some of these areas, right? That are, that are a little bit more rural. That's just the way it goes. So I think that, let me ask you, Adam, where do you see 
remote support going in the future? And that's a million dollar question, right? I'm, I'm going to write down everything you say. I'm going to start taking these ideas and uh, count them as my own. But like, can we, can we trademark them first? Yeah, exactly. All you have to do is say TM after everything you say, and I think you're good. But um, where do you where do you see the uh, the state of remote support going? Was specific to the ag industry. It, it needs to just continue down the path we've already started. I think of a seamless one-stop shop that can handle all of the different types of communication. Sure. You know, we need to be able to work with multiple devices. Uh, from the perspective of remote support, you know, we have multiple avenues we work this in. So yes, we work with AgriSync. We also work with other softwares where we can yeah. remote into computers. We work with uh, AgLeader, of course, and we can remote into a display directly. Um, today we can view the display. Down the road, I think we'll be able to manipulate the display and the biggest request I have right now is over-the-air updates. Mm-hmm. If we could, instead of having to be on site and plug in a USB stick into a monitor, yep. if we can push those updates over the air, there's a huge benefit to not only us, but our customers also, because they have the latest firmware and it's seamless for them. Right. It, with the thought of everything that happens needs to be easy, Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to move forward with yeah. that plan yep. in remote support in, in whatever that looks like. So I think there's technology out there we haven't even thought of yet that remote support is going to be an even bigger deal for. And it's such an incredible deal when you can look at all the different facets that you can remote in, you know, whether it's a live video feed of something that is very low tech, you know, hey, what does this cable plug into all the way up to, hey, I'm going to log in and take over control of your computer and run it for you and help manipulate the software that's on it. Sure. Well, you said it perfectly. It needs to be easy. And here's why. Because there's so many things that need to be updated. Yeah. I mean, it just, I, I, I switched my phone to automatically update, update the apps because originally I was, ah, I'll control which apps I want to update. And then, you know, little red circles kept popping up on all my phone all the time and to the point I was just, and there's got to be some psychological disorder that, 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 that I'm tied to because of that now, right? But it's true. Things have to be easy. And, um, but being easy is very hard to do yes to make it easy to make something easy is very very hard to do and to do it well and to do it well and that and that's true so um real quick um just kind of you know zach what are some of the elements of have you had to do much training for this not not individual training like setting up a class but i mean you know i i think that uh the general public doesn't always give farmers the credit due credit they deserve for how technologically advanced they are they they still have this very early 1900s idea of what a farm is they're like oh they're not pulling it by oxen anymore no like it's you go to a modern farm and it's it is there are sensors there's electronics there's the internet everywhere right mm-hmm. how ready are your customers the farmers primarily as the producers to um to accept new technology remoting in making sure that they're every time you say you know what i don't want you just to call me back i want you to dial this number instead how receptive are they to uh, new ideas like that. You know what? Most guys that are in our industry, yep. in the tech world, they're they're open to it. They're ready to do it. There's a few out there that kind of struggle. They're yeah. still wanting to learn. They're interested in it. Yep. It's just helping them get over that step sure. and showing them what it can do. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, I, I guess, the value that we provide. Yeah. yeah. Cody, yeah. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I would agree, Zach. And by nature, farmers are innovators. If yeah. they weren't, we would still be. We couldn't using, feed the world. We, we would still be using plows that right. are pulled by horses. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cody, one of the question I want to ask you is, um, as we wrap up here, 
there's there's an element of this that um, you talked about getting in the car, going four hours, hitting the button that you couldn't quite understand as the farmer was telling you and you couldn't quite describe to him. You hit the button, everything is good. Now you drive back. Ten hours of your day are gone now, right? Um, from a from we're we're in business. We're here to make money. I think the farmers are in business. They understand that, right? But there's is the time to remote support, and there's a time to break that protocol. Say, boss, this is I need to get in that car today for four hours. What what are some of those guidelines that you personally use? I don't know if you have them written down. You say I haven't visited this guy. I try to visit um, my customers once a quarter, month, year, I don't know what is. What are some of the guidelines that you could personally give for when you decide to jump in that car and go? Um, I really don't have guidelines, I guess, for it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of the biggest things that, like, we kind of believe in is, you know, to to have a $50,000 sale, you have to have a $50,000 relationship, you know, and being able to, you know, video with them and say, hit that button on the left corner, you know, versus having to drive there you know, is, is big because they put more trust in you, you know, with that. And, you know, the other day, um, I've got a a good customer relationship with a guy and we don't sell, you know, specific planter parts, you know, for, for packing wheels and closing wheel or opening trivia openers Mm -hmm. and and closing wheels and stuff. And he's still asking me, you know, questions like that. And, you know, those are, those are the customer touches that, you know, make it fun because that's, we're effectively changing, you know, what they can do. And kind of their trusted person to go to, yep. and we don't we don't do anything with that for our business. Yeah, go call. We're able to help them, you know, get along better. Letting you know. So, so but uh, so it's there's benefit in being able to do the remote, um, being able to remote in there. Yep. But there's also that customer touch is, is huge for farmers. You know, sure. they they like to see guys, but they don't want you to waste their time. And so there's a there's a real fine line you have to walk there. You know. Sure. Well, it looks like we're going to get booted out of here, but I'm going to turn to you one last question. Just in okay. terms of, um, I, I, I got Acme Ed. I, I want to step up my, my remote support game, right? You're at the helm, so you, you, I, you get to be the one that asks this. What are just some first steps I should look at taking in terms of preparing my team, changing my culture to start taking those actions forward? I like to think of it from, you know, begin with the end in mind, but it also takes a lot of small steps to get where you're going to go. We started, I mentioned service plans a lot of years ago. And I think the first year we were selling service plans, I had it printed out on a Word document on a piece of paper, yeah. took it to a customer training. I think we sold three that first year. <laughs> so don't think that you can't make headway and build over time a really great program. I think today, you know, I can, with our renewals that will come in, we can pay a full-time technician salary before January is over in service plan renewals. Sure. And that's a huge amount of income for yep. us to know that is coming in and it helps us budget and figure out a lot of other things. So you, you've got to move the ball forward, but know that it's not going to happen overnight. So, so make some small steps and keep marching forward. Perfect. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know we're going to get the boot, but I think it was the perfect timing for it. So I want to say thanks, say thanks to our friends at HTS Ag. Zach, Adam, Cody, you've been wonderful. Make sure to listen in for the next podcast. And uh, uh, thanks. We'll see you on the flip side. Bye now. With that, I'd like to conclude today's podcast by again thanking our guests from HTS Ag for their time and their insights. As a follow-up, of course, you can download our e-guide on the components of providing effective remote support and listen to other podcasts by visiting agrisync.com slash customer service. 
Finally, we want to thank our friends at Precision Farming Dealer, who are our partner in crime in presenting this limited podcast series. Precision Farming Dealer is the authoritative source for information on selling, servicing, and supporting to precision farming technology and the trends shaping the future of the industry. Stay up to date with the latest and most important precision news and information by signing up for your free Precision Farming Dealer online account at www.precisionfarmingdealer.com slash register.